KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time to take our weekly look at the economy, and boy, is there a lot to talk about. And we will do so with regional economist David Fiorenza. Home prices, jobless claims, GDP, it's all here. Give a listen. So we've got a lot of news to talk about. I think we should start with GDP, third quarter, annualized rate of 2% growth. Uh, obviously, growth is good, um, but well below what we were in the second quarter. What do you make of this? Kind of dig into it for me. I'm looking at 2% as not that bad. And people are going to say, what? It's low. Well, wait a minute now. The Atlanta Fed was only going to predict 0.2% in that regard. And I'm also taking a look at that we've had five quarters of positive GDP coming off a pandemic where we had a, a low that was in double digits and a negative that was really bad. So if we take a, a, a you know a 30,000 foot shot of it, it's not that bad. The other thing I can point to is that the Fed uh, is, is going to come out and they're going to say that the fourth quarter is going to be very robust because you have Halloween of $10 billion or more throughout the, the country of people spending money and Christmas time. We also see the GDP, Matt, is made up of consumption. And if we don't have the microchips, well, then there's part of your issue right there of having a 2%. I was off a little bit. I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago off the record that I thought it would be 3%. I'm a little bit off on that. Uh, and th- there's a lot of things at play here. I mean, the Delta variant threw a wrench into things because you know, when you think back to the second quarter, you know, springtime, there was a lot of optimism that we might really be on the off ramp. And then that we took steps back because of that. These supply chain situations that aren't going to be rectified for a while. You know, you talk about the, the, the computer chip shortage, which is really playing havoc with a lot of things. And I don't think people appreciate that. Still have these worker shortages. I mean, there, there's a lot of things in play here. So when you do look at it, you know, if you want to look at the glass half full, when you kind of look through all that and still had some growth, you know, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. And we've talked on the air like um, the last what few months about the fact that people are not going back to work as much because of the child care situation to at home. And there's a lot of people are being very cautious about putting their children in daycares, uh, pre-K, those kinds of things. That weighs into it a lot as well. And we talk about the fact that uh, companies, people are saying, I think I may want to stay home one or two days a week, telecommute, those kinds of things. Maybe work on the Zoom a little bit more, uh, do my work at home. You know, this, this all plays into the GDP because that means lower consumption, people not buying as much gasoline, people maybe not shopping as much for lunchtime. I know a lot of places, a lot of the small towns I talked to last week, uh, they're hurt because of your large companies, places that employ 15,000 people like a Vanguard uh, out in the Malvern area, they probably only have a few thousand in the office. The other 12 are at home. So this does play into the GDP. Absolutely, Matt. Some good news, jobless claims from last week, 281,000. Once again, we've hit a pandemic low. We are tantalizingly close to the numbers we saw pre-pandemic. And even the four-week average, kind of when you smooth it out, that is at under 300,000. So that's a lot of good news on that front. I'll be very interested to see what the jobs numbers are uh, with regards to unemployment rate and all next week. 
Oh, absolutely. Matt, I can't wait to see that. And we can even add to the unemployment saying that the revision, you know, every week they do revise the prior weeks. The revision was only revised a thousand upward, which is hardly anything. And now we're seeing three weeks in a row of decreasing unemployment rates. This is a good thing. People are getting back to work. It's based on the fact that employers are are giving out more incentives to come back, maybe more bonuses, other kinds of things. And those who are working are even saying, boy, I'm working. I may even want to switch jobs because I can get two to three or four dollars more at another company. Consumer confidence was up in October, this after it had declined for three months. Uh, it's really interesting when you kind of look at and as I was putting the, the notes together for our conversation today, that we're really kind of all over the place. There's, there's stuff that's really <laughs> encouraging. There's stuff that's disappointing. There's stuff that almost seems to, to be counterintuitive, uh, you know, but consumer confidence going up in October, I think. A lot of spending for Halloween and that, but this bodes well heading into the holiday season if people are are feeling better. Oh, it does. And and I think this Christmas is going to be bigger than the last three years. Uh, obviously, last year was a year that we had a pandemic. People were buying online, getting goods delivered to their house from Amazon and other kinds of companies, UPS, everybody was delivering. I think you're seeing the economy open up little by little. Now, there are lots of areas of the economy that still aren't open up. Um, that have gone to other kinds of things, such as um, half work days in the office, half at home, you know, those kinds of things. Once we get past this year, I think 2023 is going to be really, really good, Matt. You know, the consumer sentiment is good. People feel good. There was that lull you and I talked about, the Delta variant. We were walking on eggshells, you and I, (laughs) talking about that. And then there was a lot of storms that happened, you and I. I think we're waiting for another one to come today, which I don't really want to happen. But you and I talked about those storms, how they're very disruptive. Another interesting aspect of the economy, home prices in August ends up, as they released the numbers this week, rose almost 20%. Uh, Kind of dig into this for me. I mean, you know, people having more equity in their house, houses being worth more. On one hand, it's a good thing. But, man, if you're trying to break into this market, it is incredibly difficult. That's right, Matt. You you hit the nail on the head. The high cost of homes is actually squeezing out first-time home buyers out of the market. We've talked about this a lot, you and I. Uh, we've talked about it when the pandemic started. But this goes back before pandemic. It goes back to... Um, profit margins. And I'm not here to say anything negative about uh, anybody who builds homes, but they're looking for the best bang for their buck. And if people are willing to pay uh, what we call the McMansion prices, well, that's going to squeeze out. uh, This has been going on since July of 2015, I think. The fact when the first time home buyers are being squeezed, it actually started even before that at the last recession of 2008 and 2009. I don't know if the bubble is going to burst and we're going to see home prices level back to where they were maybe a decade ago. What are you seeing on the inflation front? It seems like just anecdotally, you know, I continue to see things rise. Once again, a few weeks ago, we were talking oil and I said, I haven't noticed any rise in prices. And since then, they've gone up. And since we talked last week and I first told that anecdote, they've gone up more. Uh, What are you seeing on the inflation front? Right. Well, uh, first, oil. And I know our listeners don't like hearing this, but sometimes um, they're 
you had that change of blend going from the summer to the winter blend, which is going to happen pretty soon. And they're already gearing up for the fall blend, which means the oil production places in Marcus Hook and in Philadelphia and all through uh, down there by the Delaware Avenue, the, the ports down there, they're going to be cleaning all their uh oil and they're gonna be cleaning all their pipelines that costs a little bit of money so you're gonna see an increase in, in prices now you're gonna see an increase in prices in the winter you're also seeing is because I think they're they're getting squeezed because the supply is not not there from OPEC and other places from Canada uh, it also depends on what the rest of the world is doing supply and demand wise now inflation 5.4 percent I keep saying this to all of our listeners out there and to you Matt I'll take that compared to what I saw in 1980 when it was 16 to 18% because home mortgages back then were 16 to 18%. I don't want to see that again. Are you still thinking this that the inflation situation is a transitory one or are you starting to think in some regards it's going to be here to stay a little longer than maybe we thought, say, you know, four or five months ago? Well, I'll admit it. It's here to stay, but I think it's here to stay at the 5% level and and not the double digit level, which was out of control in 1979 through 1982. Uh, The Federal Reserve is going to start increasing interest rates, I think, first quarter next year, which will put a little bit of a squeeze on the financial markets, meaning that it's like a... It's like an hourglass where you, where you can only fit so much sand through it. Same thing with this. You can only fit so much money, which means people may not spend as much. There won't be as much spending. They'll curtail a bit, which means GDP is still going to be positive. It's still going to be in the 2% range. It's just that when you spend a lot of money, it fuels the fire a little bit, and that's what causes the inflation. Anything else you're keeping an eye on as we get ready to jump into November? Well, some of the things I was looking at this past week, Matt, and and looking at our, the Commonwealth and the legislature, I'm wondering what they're going to do, and even in, in New Jersey and other places, what they're going to do with the turnpikes. Because now a lot of the workers aren't back. Um, when you go through the toll booths, if you don't have Easy Pass, they'll take a picture of your license plate and send you an invoice in the mail and you pay it. Uh, I wonder if that's working out. I wonder if the fact that some people like that, don't like it. I wonder how their delinquency rates are. Uh, sure, I have Easy Pass because I travel in New Jersey, travel to Delaware, travel up Northeast Extension. I love the Easy Pass. But what about those who don't? And what about those workers? Are they going to have to be retrained in some other ways? So I started thinking about that. And those kinds of other things start to trickle down into um, going to shopping, uh, going to your self-checkout counters. I'm seeing more and more of those. I'm seeing more and more of the kiosks. I'm seeing more and more of the apps, ordering all kinds of things before you even get to the store, paying for your prescriptions for your smartphone before you even get there. It's convenient, but will it cut out some of the people? Now, Matt, real quick, it does cut out the lower wage earners, but I think it's a good thing for those who want to get in the IT business and learn how to um, basically service all these uh, self-checkout machines. It's a good thing. And that's the kind of thing I'm going to be looking at for the next six months, I believe. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.